This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, we preview Vandy's trip to Columbia, Missouri to face Elijah Drinkwitz and the Tigers on Saturday. This is the opportunity for Vanderbilt to flip the script, change the perception, turn the tables. Can they pull off their first SEC win since 2019? Could they do it? Some say they will. We shall see. Even after the toughest stretch of SEC games in the history of the program, can the Commodores step up to the plate or let the season continue to snowball? We are about to learn a whole lot about the makeup of this program in year two under Clark Lee. It's the Vanderbilt Commodores and the Missouri Tigers. Kickoff is set for 3 p.m. Central Time on the SEC Network Saturday. We've got a full Mizzou preview coming right up here on the Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Commodore Nation, let's ride. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who bleed black and gold. Commodore Nation, anchor down. Welcome into the Door Report. It is episode 186. It is a Thursday night, October the 20th, and it is chilly in Nashville. Got cold quick uh, here in the Music City, and uh, Will and I both have our flannels wrapped up uh, next to the fire. No, we're not not next to the fire, but it is getting chilly here in Nashville. We are powered by Alaco Fine with Floors. Family-owned and operated for more than two decades, Alaco Fine with Floors is Nashville and Middle Tennessee's choice for premium quality hardwood floors since 1995 jimmy alaco and his army of employees have embodied the approach of taking pride in one's craft and providing superior customer service growing from a one-man shop to a team of 23 professionals who share the founder's passion for quality craftsmanship and customer satisfaction if you're interested in contacting them you can find their headquarters at 2505 winford avenue over in berry hill or give them a call at 615-356-0303 or Look at look them up on the web at alacofinewoodfloors.com. Alaco Finewood Floors serving Middle Tennessee's hardwood flooring needs since 1995. Well, it's our first episode since last Thursday night. Uh, of course, that was the preview of the Georgia game, not a very beefy episode. And when we, uh, I think our last beefy episode was probably the maybe the Ole Miss preview, but I would say realistically the the Wake Forest preview. Uh, so, but we've, we've definitely, definitely had some beefy ones, but not in a while. So, well, we came on, we, we, I hate saying we skipped Georgia, but that is kind of what we did. Uh, there was really no need to come on and, and rehash what happened. Uh, we will do that a little bit today. Uh, but more importantly, we'll preview the Missouri game coming up on Saturday. Uh, get to a, a few players to watch for the Tigers, uh, three keys to victory for Vanderbilt and our predictions. Uh, but well, this is kind of in a weird time right now for Vanderbilt. There, there's, it's just kind of a, a lot of uh, a lot of disappointment, of course, here in the past three, four weeks for this Vanderbilt team, but an opportunity lies ahead. So there is somewhat of a light at the end of the tunnel, uh, and this is an opportunity, Will. I mean, it, we'll get into it, but where's your, where's your pulse right now on Vanderbilt football and kind of the confidence meter? Well, I want to say first off, we didn't skip Georgia. What we did is we just didn't want to have the same exact recap for the third straight week right. after a third straight loss to a top 10 opponent. Granted, the Ole Miss recap was a little different because you had a good first half. But for the most part, the entire recap was literally going to be just a replay yeah. of everything we've talked about before. And then also combined with Billy, uh, it was your birthday. I think you're turning, yes. what, 30, 32 maybe, <laughs> I think is what it was. Yep. 32, getting into my, so it, getting deep uh, happy into my birthday. 30s, man. 
There we go. Uh, but the pulse, I mean, undeniably, you've you've had a tough stretch, but I think everyone within the program, outside the program, they know what what this stretch was. And I think Clark Lee in the pre in one of the pressers, uh, I was watching pretty much everything I could, uh, cramming an hour before this. So I'm not exactly sure which quote it was, but he said something that was interesting, and I like how he phrased it. He said, Our best effort is in front of us. And I, and I think that was the coach way of saying, like, we know we're in touch with reality. We know we yeah. just lost to three straight top 10 opponents. We know that there is a step down in competition. Everyone can see it. But I cannot come out and say in a pregame press conference that, yeah, Missouri is tremendously worse than the previous three <laughs> opponents. And, and, and it's we will, we, we're the ones that are going to say that, but not the coach. Yeah, it's a it's going to be a huge jolt to the locker room to prepare for a game that the players realistically know they have an opportunity to compete in and win. And yeah. and that's just different. And you can't fake that. It's just everyone knows. Fans knew, players on both sides know going into those games mm-hmm. that we've had the last three weeks. Wake Forest was a little different. Uh right before that, Noel Miss right. was maybe a notch different. But two out of those three were for sure just brutal preparation weeks. I mean, I know that they say every day, you know, you just take it day by day, but you're human beings. So the pulse, I would say, is you're three and four, uh, four losses on the season. You have more wins than last season already. You've beaten everybody you should have. Uh, Your four losses are to four top 15 opponents. So that's nothing to sit there and point at as necessarily too negative in year two for Clark Lee. So you're you, the whole season will be defined by this last stretch and i and it's weird to say last stretch but the season's more than halfway over so you've got Crazy. five games left you're three you're three and four and you have the five games left remaining on the schedule that completely define whether this season well not completely because already that's the weird part that's the really weird part they don't win a game this season the season's not a failure if they don't win an sec game i would say it's a maybe a disappointment Mm-hmm. But not even a massive disappointment because you still increased your win total. You beat the Vegas over already on wins. So it's not that you're complacent. Obviously, this team would not be happy if they started out three and no and three and oh and rattled off nine consecutive losses uh, yeah. to end this season. But uh, it's weird. This whole this whole season is odd just with how it's laid out. And you're all your winnable games are in a four game stretch here and you mm-hmm. haven't kind of lumped uh, before and after. So. It's very odd, but when it's we weird. have this recap of the season, it, it's almost going to be like evaluating three separate seasons, mm-hmm. uh, even though it is just one long SEC schedule. Well, before the season, if we if we had a fortune teller tell us that Vanderbilt would be three and four at this point in the season, we would have loved it. We and and I'm not even saying that's what I would have expected. I mean, I, to I, be I honest, almost, like I, if you polled Vanderbilt fans realistically and told them to go like win by win, your probably realistic best case scenario was three and four. I yeah. mean, it, because it, in saying like the crazy best case scenario would be four and three, would be like out really of this going world. Out of that would mean that would mean you are one in three versus top fifteen opponents. That would be pretty impressive. So that's the weird part is you you're more than halfway done with the season, but you feel like you haven't even had a chance to see what this team is and you're going yeah. to actually find out what this team is in the next four games. Yes, you are. You're, you're going to find out the, the fibers. Game. You're going to find out the fibers of this team as Tim Corbin likes to talk about what they're made up uh, of uh, will deep inside that locker room. And, and right now, after that stretch, where is this team mentally? Where are they mentally inside that locker room? What is coach Lee doing to get his team ready for Saturday and the, the whole stretch of this season, as you mentioned. So we'll, we'll get into kind of the mental aspect of, of this this week of preparation as Vanderbilt uh, heads up to Columbia, Missouri. Uh, before we preview Missouri, though, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. All right, let's get to the Missouri preview. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. 
no matter what style you're going for. You can trust your flooring job to Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. All right, Will, but before we preview Missouri, a few thoughts on Georgia last week. Vanderbilt loses 55-0. to zero. Uh, I, I know, you know, we said we, we weren't going to talk about it at all, uh, but, Will, I, I want to say one thing about not just the Georgia game, but the Alabama Ole Miss-Georgia stretch. I am sick and tired of hearing Vanderbilt fans freak out over these over these losses. I mean, yes, you, you get killed by Alabama. You have the best first half of your life against Ole Miss, and they end up winning it handily in that. And then you, you lose 55 nothing to Georgia. Yeah, maybe you'd like to put up put, put some points on the board. But what did you expect? I mean, Vanderbilt fans acting like – and this it's in the minority. And I think most fans are – you know, this is what they expected. They're not, you know, freaking out about this. But anybody's saying, that's ridiculous. How do you – 55 nothing? Come on. I mean, I've seen a lot of that, and it's uh, that's embarrassing. I mean – this is the there, – there's never going to be another stretch like this in the history of Vanderbilt football. And any team in the country would would have probably lost that Georgia game badly because you pl- just played Alabama, you just played Ole Miss. So anyone – and I know you agree with me, Will. I mean, anyone – yeah, maybe maybe it would have been nice to put a touchdown on the board, but you're still going to lose handily. I mean, th- it's where this program is at. So I, I just want to throw that out there because I, I've seen a little bit of that. Um, and, and I just point back to the realistic expectations for this team and for this program. Yeah, you lost 55 nothing, but my goodness. I mean, what, what did you expect anything different in, in that Georgia game? I mean, I mean, give me a break. I mean, it's not playing it's not playing Georgia. It's not playing Ole Miss. It's not playing Alabama. It's having them all in the middle of your season back to back to back. So that, I mean, that in Georgia being the last one, I mean, what, what did you expect? So I didn't come away with anything really else uh, other than that from the Georgia game. They did have some opportunities, though, Will. Uh, Shepard basically dropped a touchdown. You saw them a gallon fumble. Uh, Bullivis missed a field goal. So, you know, there were opportunities. Uh, but let's face it, they weren't winning that game. They weren't going to come close to winning that game. So I'm, I'm just getting a little tired of people uh, talking about how, oh, this is embarrassing. I mean, come on. That's why we didn't recap because we know we, we we're human beings. We know what what is reasonable to think. So that's really the main reason why we didn't even really recap it. Yeah, the takeaways for me are that anyone that's talking like that, look at the schedule. Anyone that's talking very disappointed in the outcome of the last three games are the same people that were extremely, extremely over the moon after beating Hawaii handily, yeah. <laughs> beating Elon sitting at three and one, is college is very different than sports. It's very college sports are very different than professional sports. And I think some people tend to forget that of the huge gap between some of the teams that are at the FBS level and just an average to above average FBS football team. So you had the high at the beginning of the season that I think most Vanderbilt fans that watched a lot understood, and you enjoy it. It's not something that I think we take for granted because there's years you don't have those experiences. You don't have easy wins no matter who you're playing, so you don't want to take it for granted. But we were sitting there and saying, this is not a facade. They've improved, but just don't get too excited. And then at the same time, you have to be on the other side and say, if you didn't get too excited about these wins, you can't get too down about losing to teams that most teams in the country would lose to. And about 60, 70% would lose to by four plus scores like Vanderbilt did. So I I think that's the main takeaway is just move forward, learn from it. It's not saying everything is dandy afterwards. It's not like they're going to come out and I, I, I don't even know necessarily in this matchup against Missouri. I think we've been confident. I, I think you're going to learn a lot. And and before yep. we get into Missouri, but it's not saying that they're going to turn some corner in, in this upcoming stretch. They're still going to be playing SEC teams, but it's going to be amazing. The difference that you see specifically from the offense, just right off the jump. I mean, you saw it against Ole Miss's defense and you mm-hmm. saw it against, 
and well you haven't really seen the defense have a chance to have any games off but that's the thing is is most sec teams have one side of the ball the the ones that are the bad quote unquote sec teams have one side of the ball that they are dominant on and the other side of the ball is shit and that under Derek Mason was the defense. Right now, Vanderbilt doesn't have either side of the ball. Missouri, for them, their offense is shitty. And their defense is really, really good, specifically their run defense in the middle of that defense. So it's going to be Vanderbilt's actually going to have areas to exploit against these opponents for the last three weeks. has just been overmatched at literally every single position across the board. So it's going to be a breath of fresh air for Vanderbilt fans, but I wouldn't say expect Vanderbilt to come out and pull off an upset against right. um, a Missouri team that they're sitting at a, as a 14-point underdog right now. Yeah, which, you know, I think home teams usually have the advantage, so I don't know if it's really 14 points that Missouri is better than Vanderbilt. More like, I would, more I would like say like 11, yeah, 10 or 11, Vegas, because yeah. it's about two and a half points is the normal right. two and a half, right. three points. So the Georgia game happened. Well, Vanderbilt got destroyed 55 nothing. There's nothing else really to say in that game. Now, maybe if they score a touchdown or two, we have a little bit more to talk about. But there, there, there was none of that. So uh, Vanderbilt has to re- regather themselves, uh, get back uh, to the drawing board, and prepare for Missouri. So uh, that game will start at uh, 3 o'clock, Will, SEC Network. That's, I mean, Vanderbilt's been at that time slot past three, four weeks, I feel like. Uh, it's kind of nice that knowing when you're going to play every week. Uh, that is in Columbia, Como. Not maybe the most desirable city in the in the Southeastern Conference, but that's where Vanny has to go. Um, I don't even want to talk about the last uh, game there. Uh, I think everyone knows why. Uh, it's on the SEC Network. Vanderbilt is three and four right now. Will Missouri two and four? So Vanderbilt has more wins than Mizzou right now, which uh, is kind of interesting to point out. Uh, so that's maybe a positive heading into this one. But Will Vandy's trying to snap its twenty-four game SEC losing streak. Uh, they haven't picked up a conference win since. 2019 it was against missouri and it was at home so this time it's on the road so i think yeah Mo Hassan. i remember it vividly cam johnson on the little cam johnson i mean that that feels like six years ago uh it was only three years ago so wow three years since an sec win uh the tigers they're still searching for their first sec win of the year but will all three of their losses have come by single digits so they've been i mean they've fought with georgia We, we saw that one and uh, they did open this season big uh, over Louisiana Tech, 52-24, uh, and then they got blown out at Kansas State in week two. And, and after that game, we both told – I remember texting you after that. We said, well, Vanderbilt, they definitely have a shot against Missouri. I mean, it, but then they go and compete against uh, Georgia, and then kind of – I think most hopes kind of went away. But each week is different, Will. I mean, we, we've talked about that before every week is totally different. Uh, Missouri lost to Auburn on the road in late September, and then they lost to Florida uh, by a touchdown. I think that was last week. Uh, or no, two weeks ago. They had a bye last week. So, well, I think their most impressive game, We I just talked about it, was the Georgia, Georgia game. I mean, they had a 10-point lead against Georgia, uh, but then they gave up, I think it was something like 32 unanswered uh, to Georgia. So, Georgia, I mean, they were the better team. I think Georgia had a lot of guys out. Uh, but, Will, they're coming off their bye week. They still have games against South Carolina and Mexico State and Arkansas coming up, so they do have a chance to be bowl eligible. But getting into their team, well, they're led by Brady Cook at quarterback. Uh, he's hasn't been anything special, uh, I, w- I would say. Uh, he's thrown for <laughs> uh, he's thrown for one thousand two hundred twelve yards. He's also rushed for one hundred sixty three yards and two touchdowns. However, he's turned the ball over a lot, and that's what Vanderbilt has done uh, this season decently well i mean they did it well last year uh and they've got a good running back too nathaniel pete uh 379 yards two touchdowns so well the offense just doesn't scare you at all i mean uh, nothing missouri has done i mean maybe a little bit but i mean the offense is compared to the offenses vanderbilt has seen well yeah i say well but at the same time Every offense scares me just a little bit. Yes, so, with, with this the, the current yeah. state of the defense, but that, that is that is correct. <laughs> uh, but I'm tr- I'm trying to point out some of the positives here, um, and I I do think will they can turn over this Missouri offense. They turned over Jackson Dart a couple times, um, and, and so I think you know maybe maybe you you force uh, Brady Cook into some some bad throws and, and or some tip throws, and you you find a way to get an interception, but. Uh, this offense just doesn't scare me. Uh, I know this de- this Vanderbilt defense doesn't scare Missouri either. <laughs> so they're looking at the other side saying we're going to have success. I think, again, this could be a shootout, Will. I mean, I've said that before about Vanderbilt games. Um, it just depends on Vanderbilt's offense. Can this offense for Vanderbilt 
do enough to keep themselves competitive in the fourth quarter of this game? That's the question. But before we get into that game, Will, Missouri, yeah, they got a good defense. They have a pretty good defensive front. I mean, they, they fought all game with Georgia, but they've also shown some weaknesses. I mean, they lost to, they got demolished by K-State. Uh, they lost to Auburn, who is awful. I mean, that was a that was a disgusting game, that Auburn Missouri game, and, and then they oh. lose to they lose to Florida a couple weeks ago. So they've been kind of everywhere. I mean, they they've had they, like that Georgia game that was a good game, but I don't I can't get a read on it. But at the same time, well, this is we said this before the season. This is the game where Vanderbilt has a chance to compete, and and I think they should compete. But then again, this defense is untrustworthy. I would say so, but will Mizzou? What uh, does anything scare you with them? This is going might be convoluted, Billy. You might have to get me back on track because this has been developing throughout the week, really, as I've continued to read things. Because my initial reaction to just looking at the stats was I was disinterested in this game. Where Vanderbilt sits right now is literally one one twenty six, one twenty seven in every defensive stat you can imagine the interesting part about Vanderbilt Stephen most of that is passing and most of that is giving up big plays and and that's the part of that Missouri struggles with you you mentioned Brady Cook has been decent three of his five touchdowns this season passing were against Abilene Christian zero of it of his interceptions were against Abilene Christian so take away their FCS opponent which we we as Vanderbilt fans know about quarterbacks padding stats against FCS mm-hmm. opponents, Cough, Cough, McCreary versus Austin P. Mike Wright. Uh, and Trent Sherfield. So Brady Cook really has thrown two touchdowns and six interceptions. Vanderbilt should be able to turn over a quarterback like that that they're playing against in conference. Where Missouri's offense scares me a little bit is you have to stop Pete in that running game. Yeah. I cannot remember the other running back's name, but he's very talented as well. Yeah. Uh, but Cody, Vanderbilt Cody really- Schrader think mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. so Vanderbilt's run game run defense has not been that terrible they haven't been great but they have been put in tough positions by how ha- they're just unable to send any real run stop type capability because everything is having to rush the passer or having to send extra guys into protection so you can't really sit there and fill those run gaps and they're still sitting at way better like mid 80s uh, in most of the run stats, uh, teams just aren't yeah. running against them that much. They're like top they don't 30 need to. in opponent in opponent run uh, percentage because Vanderbilt's pass defense is just so bad. It's just so bad. But that is Missouri's weakness. So as you run down the line of who Missouri has played, they have played Auburn. Auburn, not a great passing team. If you've watched them at all this season, that is probably one of the worst passing offenses uh, in the SEC. Also, if you would add in their other opponent, who is Florida. Florida, yeah. They're passing him. What, I was about to say the quarterback's name. What is Florida's quarterback's name? An- I can't Anthony remember. Richardson. There we go. He is a running quarterback. And they also, not a good passing game. So Missouri's strength is in the middle of that defense. And all they have played, including number one Georgia, who is a mainly run first, dominate the line of scrimmage type team, they have remained close a majority of the time with superiorly talented run first dominate line of scrimmage teams that is not what Vanderbilt is really what this offense is even with Ramon Davis getting the amount of carries he has gotten I think like 120 Mm -hmm. this season he might be leading the SEC in overall carries I, I think he might be up there but that's really not what Vanderbilt is. They don't take snaps under center. They're not an NFL style running or NFL style offense. So really everything, everything would point to this game being the game. You have kind of Vanderbilt's, I don't want to say strength on defense, but non worst part of the defense is what Missouri's offense is really going to be focused on doing, which is running the football versus Vanderbilt's uh, run defense. And then on the other side, Missouri's front seven is yeah. really good at stopping the run, but they're not necessarily guys. They're not they're not edge rushers. Uh, they're not the freak athletes out mm-hmm. on the edge rushing the passer. They are very good against the run game. So I think establishing the run or continuously trying to do the same thing you've been doing might be a mistake against Missouri. And you really are going to see what Swan's made of. This is going to be the game. 
this is the game that he will have an opportunity to really put his stamp on this program as a freshman, as a true freshman. He did it in, in the NIU game. Let's see mm-hmm. if he can do it again uh, here against Missouri. Let's see. Let's see if he can. And I agree, Will. I, I think this Missouri, they, they don't have much of a pass rush, but they, they have stuffed the run pretty well. And they've been in some fairly low-scoring games this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've kind of they've made the game ugly uh, for at least the SEC teams they've played. I mean, they really made it ugly against Auburn. They've really yeah. also played against just some ugly SEC teams. Yeah, I mean, I mean other, really, other I think Georgia. Florida and Auburn, we talked about it, Florida, Auburn, and LSU. I think me and you discussed it off the podcast. But Florida, Auburn, LSU were probably the most overrated teams going into the season. I think oh, yeah. those were the three teams that I looked at that were ranked up there that I just looked at the offense, and they just don't have the offense. So they've yeah. played ugly offenses that have good defenses. I, it's going to be really weird because I think you're kind of sitting there the same way with Missouri. Is they're like, what the mm-hmm. hell is going on with yeah. this team? But for a completely different reason, not because they've performed as expected, because they have not performed as expected against anyone. Yeah, and Will, these are two basically dead fan bases. I mean, M- Missouri's <laughs> fan base is essentially dead. Vanderbilt's has been dead for a while. Um, and they're both just mentally not there. I, I mean, this crowd, I-, I really feel for it. I mean, this crowd's going to be awful. Uh, well, and Missouri fans, they don't like Coach Drinkwitz. They, they, they are fed up with him. I was listening to Missouri Sports Talk Radio. Uh, I saw a clip on Twitter a few days ago. And one of the sports talk hosts, one of the hosts goes, uh, you know, they're like, oh, it's Vandy week. And, so, and under under his breath, kind of, he says, I hope I hope we lose. <laughs> like they're at that point. They said, I hope they lo- I hope Oof. we lose to get rid of Drinkwood. So I think this is a team. This is a type of team that's, you know, that's reeling. They haven't had an SEC win. Maybe Vandy can just pile on, add on to that snowball. And we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Well, I'm not getting there Man, yet. But- it, this team, the, the- in that Auburn game, you said it was ugly. That may have been the most disgusting. It was probably the worst played SEC game of all time. That was, as a Vanderbilt fan, But everyone I say watched this, it. I don't say this loosely. That may have been the most disgusting loss I've ever seen a team have. It was there were worse so than any Vanderbilt That was one of those that's the like – The fumble at the to, end. Oh, that the fumble, the missed, the missed field goal from oh, chip shot range with the, hef- <laughs> the hefty kicker that they set yeah. up for. There were just so many times you thought they won that game, and it was just like, my God, this is a Vanderbilt-type was... loss. Missouri is experiencing a Vanderbilt loss, which is always I interesting think that, yeah. <laughs> I think that was the beginning of it for Mizzou fans. I mean, you lose that game to Auburn, and then you come so close, they just toy with you against Georgia. You lose that one, and then you lose to Florida. So, Will, their offense, they're only averaging 25 points per game. So, th- this offense is really nothing to write home about. Uh, defensively, though, they've got some players up front that, like you said, the running game is going to be tough for Vanderbilt. Um, but, Will, the, I'm so interested because Mizzou is coming off a of bye week. You know, and we, I think we overrate bye weeks a little bit. Uh, but I think that is a key here. I mean, how different of a team do they look as opposed to how they played against Auburn, Florida, Georgia? You know, I mean, do they look a lot better? Do they, you know, are they still struggling? I mean, they, they really only have two passing touchdowns this year. Like that, that's, that's technically in all technicality, we, we don't count FCS games really. I mean, they're stat patter games. So nothing to write home about is this Missouri offense. So, uh, well, an afternoon kick kind of, it's going to be an ugly crowd. The opportunity is there. It, it is there for the taking uh, for Vanderbilt, and uh, I'm ready for three keys to victory for Vanderbilt. I'm Let's so ready it. for it. Let's get into it. Three keys to victory for Vanderbilt, Will. Number one for me, the middle 10, the middle 10 minutes of the game. Vanderbilt has been awful in almost every game in the middle 10. Clark Lee has talked about it. He said he talks about it almost after every game. The middle 10, we were not very good. That's what ended up losing the game. The Ole Miss game was won and lost in the middle of the game. The middle nine, ten minutes of that game, that's that 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 was the ball game. And you know, Alabama, Georgia, of course, those are out of the out of the table, but similar in the Wake Forest game. I mean, Wake Forest had had some momentum going into the in, into the into the halftime break, and they they carried over. So Vanderbilt they they and they even got the ball back right back after halftime against Ole Miss. And you thought, hey, maybe that's our upper hand in the second half. Nope. I mean, there was just no momentum at all. So in this Missouri game, Will, if Vandy's able to at least start by finishing that first half strong, however you can, whether it's a, you know, a turnover that leads to a score or a long touchdown drive right before half, 
And then that, I mean, all of a sudden you carry it over, you defer to the second half, you get the ball right back. You can have that swing that you have. We haven't seen a, 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 a 14 point swing this year for Vanderbilt at all. Well, we didn't. besides Northern Illinois, but <laughs> yeah, besides okay, like one of the best, the best swing I may have ever seen in Vanderbilt football, besides that swing. one. Other than that, other than that, it, lately, lately, you didn't see it against lately. Ole Miss. Ole that Miss. feels like, like I said, that feels like a different season. Yes. I said yes. it feels I like three seasons. You have the first four, the middle three, and then you have the last five. That's that why I keep, season. I keep or separating. Or the three seasons within yeah, the I, season. I keep separating those into seasons, and, and I mean, I completely agree with you there. Uh, but I, I, I just think, well, if they do that, you give yourself automatically a chance to win this game. And the middle 10 is so important because Vanderbilt has gotten off to good starts other than Bama and Georgia and Northern Illinois. Uh, I mean, they got off to a good start against Wake, got off to a good start against Ole Miss. Not a great start against Hawaii, but it's Hawaii. So I just think you've seen good starts from this team. Well, you've seen it before. They, they have done it before. But carry it over. Have a good overall first half and then carry that over into early in the second half. So – I just think, well, that's important. The middle 10 minutes of the game, they they just haven't been good. And especially early in that third quarters have, have really not been great lately. I mean, other than Northern Illinois and, and that win. But, I mean, you look at the Ole Miss game, Bama and Georgia, of course, and then Wake Forest as well. The, the beginning of, the, of that second half and then rolling through the third quarter, they just haven't been good at all. So I, I think the middle 10 minutes of the game, Will, is going gonna, is gonna to tell the story as it does in most games. So I think if they do that, they automatically give themselves a chance to win. And you say you can you can take control of the game in the middle of the game, and you can put your stamp on it. And, and you know any sort of momentum late in that first half got to carry it over. So I think the middle ten minutes of the game will are going to tell the entire story of this game, and that's why it's my first key uh, to Vanderbilt getting a victory on Saturday. I'm going to go off off script off what I've written down oh. because I pretty much hit on my three keys throughout the preview of kind of recapping Georgia and leading into this game. So we have to, we have to adjust it just a little bit, but I'm going to say start fast and you mentioned it. And I'm going to say that that 10 minutes in the middle is going to be a chance to step on the opponent's throat. If you can start fast, because what Vanderbilt has seen so far, especially in the last three games have been teams that even if you start fast or get that first stop, which they, have competed early. I mean, they got a first stop against Bama. They, they in the first quarter, weren't getting blown out by Georgia. Of course, they were up against Ole Miss. And I think that's what you were really hitting at. But they've been playing top 10 teams that know that they know how to win and know that they can turn it on, that they can get huddled together and pull it together. Teams that are competing and, and have seen success this season against good teams already. And in the past under that coach, that is not Missouri. So the fur, if you come out and have a start like you did against Ole Miss, this Missouri team is going to roll over and die. And you, you can't have a loss like they did against Auburn and move forward, just completely separate yourself from that. That was a season-changing loss. Mm. And anyone that watched it felt it. You felt the soul of this Missouri team leave. And that's, that's one of the things that – it's not like they're going to lay over and quit, but – contained within that start fast is this game means a lot more to Vanderbilt than it means to Missouri. Like you said, their fan base maybe isn't behind Drinkwitz. They've seen a few wins. They just competed against Georgia. If Vanderbilt comes out and is able to get up, you know, 10, nothing or 14 to three early, this game means everything to this Vanderbilt team. This can make this season fully viewed as a success. If Missouri wins this game, that's not how this is going to be viewed by that fan base. This isn't going to save his right. job. It may it may be the na- one of the nails in the coffin, but this game really doesn't have an overall effect that can be positive. And you don't have the positive outcome or positive yeah. benefit. So start early, connects to your Q1. Once you do start early, control that middle 10. Yeah, there's no buzz for this game. No. <laughs> I mean, the, the weight game, there was buzz. Even that Ole Miss game, I mean, hell, there was buzz for that pregame, I mean, heading into that week. So the buzz isn't there. I think Vanderbilt thrives in those types of games. I, I just – I there's no buzz, and there's – let's face it, there's not going to be buzz in, in most of these games down the stretch. Um, but I think there is buzz in the locker room. I, I just think mentally right now, I know, yes, you're beat up mentally, 
you're, you're destroyed mentally. But, you know, I, I think down the stretch of last season proved to me that this team doesn't quit and they won't quit. Uh, it's not in their DNA. Uh, it's not in Clark Lee's DNA. So uh, getting a little tangent there, Will. But my, my second key as I roll in here for Vanderbilt is cash in on your opportunities. Take advantage of the opportunities that Missouri gives you. Clark Lee talked about it on Tuesday at his presser. He said there were opportunities for us against Georgia. We dropped a touchdown to Shepard there. McGowan fumbled. Uh, I don't know if he was in the red zone, but they were on their way to maybe scoring. And McGowan fumbles. And then Bullivus misses a field goal. So all of a sudden, you could have 17 points right there. I mean, you really could. So I know that's against Georgia, but we've seen it before with this team, Will, in the Ole Miss game. You know, you picked off Jackson Dart twice. I know the first interception, I'm pretty sure, led to a touchdown drive. But the second one, you know, it was a chance to kind of start cutting in the lead, but they didn't take advantage of it. So if you get an interception, say you force a fumble, go take it and score and and take the momentum of the game. And and when you get that opportunity, don't get nervous. Don't 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 shit yourself. Just just go out there and do it. I mean, go out there and take advantage of what Missouri gives you and, and, and take that as, hey, they're giving this win to us. Let's go take it. You know, let's go. I love the, the fact that you said this, this Missouri team is beat up mentally as well. This is a battle of, of two mentally destroyed teams. I mean, and, and th- that's why this game is it's probably going to be gross. I mean, any game Missouri plays in is, is likely to, to not be fun to watch. Uh, we're going to be watching it. But, well, I think Vanderbilt just has to cash in. If you want to win this game, if you want to even be competitive in this game, you get in the red zone, go score. No field goals. You get an interception, a pick six that that gives energy to the team, keep that energy going. Keep it going. The the energy at the beginning of Wake Forest, all after that Mike Mike Wright interception, every ounce of air went out of the balloon there. don't, Don't give up that big play, that big momentum shifting play to Missouri, be the team that does that to Mizzou. Take their soul again. I mean, th- their soul's already gone, but, you know, I mean, put them six feet underground. I mean, kill Missouri in this game because if they're not dead already, m- make them. I mean, th- that's what Vanderbilt needs to do here. The opportunity is there. Um, so, Will, I, I just think you it, when they give you a gift, open it up and take it. I mean, it, it, cash in on those opportunities and take it to the bank because if you don't, we saw what would happen against Georgia. They were going to lose to Georgia any either way. But maybe if you cash in an op- on your opportunities against Georgia, it's a it's a forty to seventeen game. It's just a little bit closer. So I, you know, they have to do that. Will we talked about the razor thin margin? Clark Lee talks about it all the time. That their margin is so small, it, it's it's minuscule, and so you you have to eliminate that by taking advantage of the opportunities and not making that margin so small. Let's make it a little bit bigger, and it is bigger against Missouri. <laughs> Let's face it, it, it's 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 the Missouri Tigers, the one team that you have had, you know, some relative success against here in the past five years. Um, and, and go take that. And, Will, I didn't want to mention this, um, but think about the last time. I know Clark Lee wasn't on the staff, but think about the last time you were in Columbia. I know there's some players that were on the team there. Think about the last time. I mean, that that was that was really the, the nail in the coffin for Mason and – you know, it was it was kind of uh, the death note for Vanderbilt football. Uh, but Vanderbilt's not – they're not dead. They're, I mean, they're led by Coach Lee, a guy that played at Vanderbilt. And, and, and it, they, they, like I said, quitting is not in this team's DNA. They're not going to quit. I don't expect them to just lay down and, and say, oh, we've been beat up these past few weeks. Uh, we're, we're done mentally. No, this you can't have that. Uh, in order to provide some hope for fans, you've got to take advantage of those opportunities, Will. So – uh, you got to cash in on those because if you don't, you're going to lose. If you do, I'm not saying you're going to win, but you give yourself a chance. And that's all that we're talking about. That's all you need. Give yourself a chance. So cash in on those opportunities because if you do, that's another huge key in this game, Will. I mean, it goes along with the middle 10. I mean, if, if you take advantage of those middle 10, you're going to give yourself a chance. So cash in on those opportunities because if you do, you're you're going to give yourself a shot. I was pretty excited about my key number one, uh, which was this. I like when I have titles that I'm pretty proud of. So I think at one point I was pretty proud of my sing the swan song or whatever. Oh, that was good. This key number two, which was actually my key number one, is going to be 
let Swan spread his wings and fly. Mm. And what that is really going to get to is we always talk about it's a little bit different at Vanderbilt. Okay, James Franklin was the first coach that really got that. So at most schools, at most programs, the initial goal is to not lose the game. And for any program across the country, you can't lose the game. And that what you referred to, which was absolutely perfect, the Mike Wright interception against Wake Forest, that's losing the game. Mm -hmm. The big turnover that just can't happen. When you're an underdog, you can't have any big momentum shifting turnover when you're a significant underdog or when you're on a downward trajectory overall as a program like Vanderbilt. You just, it's different. I don't know how to explain it, but it's different. But for every program, you can't just give up the gigantic momentum, momentum shifting pick six, followed by consecutive right. stops. In, in the Ole Miss game, it was the backwards pass. You can't do that. So that's number one. Number two is most teams and most really good teams then make the opponent lose the game. So that's the goal is to force the turnover from the opponent, uh, to force the mistake. They don't capitalize on X, Y, Z. That's what the really great programs do. That's what Alabama does. They they don't lose the game. They don't typically make the mistake. Tennessee this season, they were better at that in that game, is they forced Alabama to make the mistakes and not capitalize, and Tennessee capitalized every single time. What Vanderbilt has to do, game in, game out, no matter who they are playing, is they have to not lose the game. They have to force the opponent to lose the game. And then the added step for Vanderbilt is they have to go out there and consciously win the game and make the plays. They can't just rely on the right. opponent making the mistake. Vanderbilt then, or not Vanderbilt, the opponent makes the mistake. And then because they made the mistake, our yeah. even talent and even everything yeah. else held You're in. Not if we make less mistakes or force warmers, anyone. That's the weird part. Even Missouri, it's the same way. It was like Georgia. Missouri didn't do anything to win or compete heavily in that game. They just have enough base level talent that if they don't lose the game and force Georgia into a couple of mistakes, they will compete for the entirety of the game because their base talent is only a few notches down versus Vanderbilt's base talent. is just so many more notches down. So when you get that 20 to 10 lead versus Ole Miss, it's, it's just not guaranteed that you can continue scoring at that pace because your overall talent as the game progresses just isn't there. You can have a few individual guys flash, but your number six O lineman and your rotational defensive lineman just is so far away from their rotational defensive lineman or their rotational number four, number five wide receiver. That's where the difference comes across in the game. So you have to let Swan make mistakes. I hope if you see, and, and I don't hope if you see Swan's, first interception in this game. But you see a stat line of two, at least two touchdowns, but less than two interceptions. But you see one interception. So, like, you know, you see Swan throw for 220 and two touchdowns and one interception, Vanderbilt wins this game. If you see it where Swan throws for 140 and two touchdowns, zero interceptions, Vanderbilt loses this game because they will not be able – to establish a run game against this Missouri front. They just won't. They won't be able to move those defensive tackles. Uh, Darius Robinson, and I think the I, the other dude's name is completely slipping my mind. Jane, I don't know. You Something. can maybe look it up. I, don't, I, I can't even open anything else up because Zoom will freeze up if I look it up on ESPN. But you have to allow Swan to be put in positions to make plays and make explosive plays. But the other side, the flip side is he might turn the ball over. I think it's time to see and let Swan make the mistakes. And I don't think that they've really limited him that much. I think you've seen him continuously avoid by the grace of God uh, that first interception against Georgia. I mean, he had a couple that should have been intercepted. I don't know what magical dust he's sprinkling on the ball that prevented the Georgia defensive backs from picking off a couple of those, but it didn't happen. And it's going to happen eventually. And he's going to have a couple games that make you go, holy shit, this guy sucks. That's going to happen with a young quarterback. I vividly remember going into Kyle Shermer's junior season and being undecided if he should just be handed the starting job uh, going into his junior year. And he made the jump uh, in his third season after starting mm -hmm. as a true freshman or starting as a freshman, starting as a sophomore. And then he made the jump in his junior year. You've got to remember A.J. Swan is a true freshman. He just hasn't made true freshman-like mistakes. He's played more like 
a game managing junior quarterback then he's played like a true freshman quarterback. And I think that's a pretty good sign for a Vanderbilt team that just really needed stability at that position. Now it's time to take the handcuffs off. Let's, let's just let it fly. And if you turn the ball over and you lose, at least you lose, at least you lose, at least you lost, <laughs> uh, you know, being aggressive, which is how I think Vanderbilt fans are just tired of losing by a thousand cuts. I think that's really, the big thing is in these games against Missouri, they're exhausted of seeing Missouri average six and a half yards of carry and just run the ball down Vanderbilt's throat and the final score be 31 to 14, 31 to 13. Those are way more disheartening mm-hmm. uh, than seeing Vanderbilt turn the ball over three or four times and lose 45 to 21. I think that, that there's a very big difference in how Vanderbilt uh, looks on that final scoreboard. It, it's a big difference between how they look on the final scoreboard and how the game plays out. I think is really going to determine it. So that was a really convoluted uh, key (laughs) point number two. But looping back, let Swan throw the ball combined to he's got to work Shepard into the offense, which was also written down there. Oh, yeah. Let it fly. Just let let it fly. If you're you're A.J. Swan, Will, Darius Robinson and Jaden Jernigan. Those are the two uh, Missouri beasts up front. Uh, They've got some – Yeah, they've got some good linebackers too uh, in this defense. Uh, they, they're an above-average team, really, in every major defensive stat from yards allowed like, per carry. So, they, I mean, rushing defense, that's that's where they're at. I mean, that, that's where it's at for Mizzou. So, and that's Vanderbilt's strength, I think, <laughs> to, you know, running the football. Uh, and they want to establish the run. But if they can't do that against Missouri, that makes it a lot harder. Uh, because then the passing game, they, I mean, they're, they're sitting back there making – AJ Swan beat them, but that's why this is this is his chance because we 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 think he can do that, and there's going to be chances for Vanderbilt to beat Missouri on the outside with Shepard and even McGowan. Man, feed McGowan in this game. That should have been uh, one of my keys. But well, my last key here is defensively. Uh, defense has been putrid, uh, to be kind. Uh, it, it. I mean, I know you're playing Alabama, Georgia, and Ole Miss, uh, but I mean, it, there's just been no signs of life. So I. I I haven't had this yet as a key, but simply put, will tackle. Tackle the guy with the football. I mean, Vanderbilt has been an awful tackling team, and they've had chances in the backfield several times. I mean, even against Georgia, where they get a guy, I mean, they, they get a little bit of pressure, but you just can't make the tackle. Uh, I mean, against Ole Miss, where, where they broke out a couple of big runs, you know, they had a guy on him, but he just slips it. It's like Will Shepard. Like, you, you know, you, you, uh, you describe Shepard, he's slippery. Vanderbilt, they've got to tackle. You get worship up there or any of the linebackers. Anthony Orgy's really done, I mean, a phenomenal job. But other than that, you've got to tackle. When you have your chance outside and it's one-on-one and you you miss the tackle, more times than not, that's a touchdown. I mean, you're one-on-one. Vanderbilt needs to make one-on-one tackles in this game. Corners on the outside. Safeties. If you got a a guy, the running back's loose, you got to make the tackle to save the play, make the tackle. Because if you don't, he's gone. That's six. And the margin is so slim, not only on offense, but more so on defense. The, the margin is just so slim because you're not getting pressure. And when you don't get pressure, you're forcing everybody else to make every tackle. And I know it's hard. I mean, it, 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 this defense, it, it's, it's got to be hard. And so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not looking at Nick Howell say, hey, let's, let's see some better schemes. Let, let, let's go. No, I mean, this is, we've talked about that before. This is Vanderbilt. The players, I think at some point have to step up and say, hey, we got a guy one-on-one. we got to make that tackle anyway, any way you can do it. Um, and so I think that's going to be big, Will, because Missouri's going to want to run the football. Uh, but I've said that before uh, when heading into Vanderbilt games, and most teams just decide to pass the ball because Vanderbilt's given up 400 yards passing every game. So I think if Missouri was smart, they would drop back Brady Cook and throw it to Dominic Levette, their best receiver, who's up there in the SEC this year, and just let them fly. But when they do run the football, don't make them beat you running the football. I mean, you know, stop the run. If you don't stop the run, you have zero chance. So make those tackles, Will. And and because, you know, yes, the tackling has been bad. A lot of everything's been bad defensively. When you don't get pressure, you just handcuff yourself. Um, so I'm going to go very simple here, Will. You know, and I'm looking at Max Max Worship. Uh, I'm looking at Lucian. I'm looking at Kane Patterson. You know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at. Even Orgy, I mean, anybody back there on the back end of that defense, you get a guy one-on-one, make that tackle because, like I said, more times than not, 
the guy's going to get loose and he, he's going to score because he's faster than everybody else. Um, and they do have a couple good running backs, but they're not burners. I mean, they're not – I don't think they scare you. Uh, but then again, with this defense, I think every team sh- should scare Vanderbilt defensively. So, Will, I just look at that game, and as, as important as it is for Vanderbilt offensively in this game, um, I think we know what they're capable of. Um, but defensively, if you don't play better defensively, you give yourself no chance. No chance in this game. So defense has to step up, and that starts with tackling. Uh, simple as it, as it is, uh, you get a guy one-on-one on the outside, make the tackle. And, and even if you don't have a guy out there, you know, I mean, just you got to swarm. So I think make the tackle, Will, and make the one-on-one tackles in particular because oftentimes that's what teams do against Vanderbilt. They get the ball to their best playmakers on the outside, and they say just run. Run past Vanderbilt's defense. That's literally what teams have done. They've said, swing past the running back, go beat their guys on the outside. So I know it's easier said than done, uh, but defensively for Vanderbilt, I'm not going to look at Howell. I'm not looking at the defensive coordinator. I'm looking at the players on the field that are out there making plays. Make the tackle when you, when you, when you can, because if you don't, it's going to be six, and that's another touchdown on the board for Missouri. So I know you're not playing Alabama or Georgia, but tackle the guy that has the football trying to score. I don't know how well this key number three is going to come together. So I'm just going to give my key number three, which is uh, make Brady Cook beat you. Uh, Obviously, we already hit on the Abilene Christian stat, which is where he picked up most of his impressive stats, uh, which are 331 of his yards, I believe. And I know three three of his touchdowns on the season are from that game. Sorry, I'm burping away here, that beer. I don't usually uh, crack a beer, but I don't work tomorrow. So I'm cracking it. a beer on a Thursday. I'm a, I'm a wild man. But <laughs> the, wild. Other, the other side, so that yeah, absolute craze, the wildest thing I've done in my life, really. I'll tell you that. It's beer, a beer on a Thursday. But um, yeah, getting back to my keys are, so getting that was my podcast. basic key number three. My asterisk uh, on this is going to be, don't make me look stupider than I already look on a day-to-day basis. And that's going to get into my prediction. I looked really stupid against Mississippi State last year when, oh, when I predicted yeah. that Vanderbilt was – that was going to be the game. That, I was, your, really that was your win. That was a lot to do with – honestly, I thought Mike Leach had really gone off the deep end. That was more a thing against – and also, there was like this whole – never mind. I don't, there was this whole girl <laughs> with like – never mind. But never mind. Getting, back, getting back to the prediction, I looked stupid back then, Okay. This is another time that I look at the stats. I know I'm always a data guy, but I'm also like, they got that dog in them guy. And I'm both <laughs> sides of the bus looking at both, both perspectives. <laughs> this team is ranks in the bottom five in every freaking stat, every fucking stat I can find. This Vanderbilt defense is bottom five. This defense has that fucking dog in them. I don't know what it is. Nothing about the stats or their performance so far I'm with on you. this season tells me anything that agrees with that. Because we've seen but them Orgy, do things before. Patterson, Lucian, they, or, they have. Worship. I, I don't do Ricky right. They do what? Worship. I mean, worship. Yeah, too. worship. Yeah. Worship. Uh, Mahoney. I mean, do Ricky right. He's been lead. headhunting. They, I don't know how to really put it into words because it doesn't put into words because it doesn't put into data at all. But this is the game that – throw the stats out the window. Look at what Missouri has really done. Their defense is solid, but look at the offenses they have played. Vanderbilt's defense ranks really bad, but look at the offenses they have played. Even the teams like Northern Illinois and Hawaii that are so awful – it's not their offenses that that are so awful in the rest of the season. It's how bad their defenses are from the bad opponents Vanderbilt has played. Mm-hmm. Every offense they've played has been very, very – not very, very good. I won't say every offense has been very, very Most good, but them. they haven't played incomp- – they haven't played the incompetent offenses. They haven't played yeah. even the mediocre offenses comparatively to, to their defense. So in this prediction, I want to give the caveat right here that I can see this game not going how I'm going to predict it. But past this point, I'm not going to give any more caveats because I, I have a pretty strong prediction now. As we've talked it through, I had two predictions written down, and I'm going with the one that's a little bit riskier here. So please, I have a Van- feeling Vanderbilt I know defense, what you're going to do. Vanderbilt defense, this is the time. Please, Anf, please, please, <laughs> please, 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 can't. Please. Okay. 
I everyone I across will... everyone in the board because I'm oh dear God, Billy, I can't go through another predict to win and lose by forty. I just okay. I, just can't I, have I it knew out. I had a feeling one of us was going to predict the win. Will will reveal his score here shortly. I'm going to get into mine now, Will. And you talked about Anthony Orgy. This is an Anthony Orgy game for me. I, I look at this game and I think this is a game he can really Damn shine. It, really. <laughs> Um, but well, no one. This is why, but I almost was trying to include there at the end of that when you were like, "I'm going to go ahead and get into mine." This is the part. Okay. This Continue. this Sorry. is the game. This is the opportunity for Orgy. We know, like, you know, we just talked about this is the opportunity for Shep for not Shep, yeah, Shep, but more so Swan. Um, but well, no one in the country has more tackles against ranked teams this season than Anthony Orgy. Leads the SEC with all, over ten tackles per game. So I think he has a big day. I think Anthony Orgy has a big day. I think the defense looks better because of the offense they're playing. Um, but it gives yourself some confidence defensively when, when you are able to get some stops. And let's face it, Vandy's going to get some stops. I mean, you're, you're playing against a Mizzou defense that they only average 25 points per game. They're nothing special. Um, that being said, I think Missouri has quietly been – one of the undervalued teams, just because of how brutal some of their losses have been, um, really dating back to last season. Um, I mean, they don't have a good record coming into this game, but all three of their conference losses have come by one possession. And they're facing a Vanderbilt team. They've been outscored 162 to 31 in its three league games. I know they've played Alabama. I know they've played Georgia. I know they've played Ole Miss. Um, Vanderbilt's one and five in their last six games against Missouri. It's not going the right way, Will. Um, I think Missouri remembers losing to Vanderbilt three years ago, and that you know that's the one loss. Missouri doesn't want that to happen again. I think, and for that reason, they're going to be motivated. Um, I think this is a very close game, Will. Um, Missouri's just they're they're nothing. Nothing on Missouri scares me really, other than their their front seven. Um, but I, I just think. Vanderbilt's defense has not given me enough confidence to predict a win. Um, I do think it's closer uh, than than I originally expected. Uh, I thought after the George game, I said to myself, uh, Missouri's not going to be any different. I think Vanderbilt's going to be able to put points up, but I just don't trust the defense yet, Will. So I think it's I think it's close for most of the game. I think Vandy's in it in the fourth quarter, just like they were last year. I mean, I think Vandy lost by nine last year against Missouri. So. Um, I, I think Vanderbilt's defense plays better, uh, but for four quarters, we, we just we haven't seen it yet. So I'm going to pick a close game, but I'm going to pick Mizzou to win 35-24. So I, I think it, I think I think Mizzou scores a late touchdown. Uh, you know, it's it's 28-24. They score a late touchdown. It's close, but this isn't the game in my mind for Vanderbilt to win. I think South Carolina is more likely for Vanderbilt. Hell, even Florida. Uh, but with Mizzou coming out of their bye week, it was so easy for me to just pick it and say, I think Vandy wins. It was easy. It was there for the taking. But I'm not ready. I do. I'm going to predict a win down the stretch. Don't worry. But I don't think this is it. I've got Mizzou winning 35 to 24. Uh, and I, I said I might have predicted a shootout. I think that hits the under um, in, in this. I, I, I forget what the under, if the over under was is in this game, Will. But uh, I um, I, it doesn't matter. Um, Mizzou 35, Vanderbilt 24. That's my final score. Like I said, Will, it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be tight. It's going to be ugly. This is going to be such a gross game. Uh, but coming off of that SEC stretch, I'm just not ready yet. I think Vanderbilt needs to build a little bit more confidence, a little bit more momentum before I pick them to win. So, like I said, Mizzou 35, Vandy 24. But mine doesn't matter. We know what you're going with. I can't wait to hear yours. <laughs> so my thought process and I've had this game circled and I think we both have had this game and the South Carolina game circled since the start of the season saying these are the games on this mm -hmm. schedule that yeah. realistically Vanderbilt has a chance to break this long 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 stretch which is the entirety of the time we've done this podcast of not winning an SEC game beginning of the season I'd watched Missouri I watched Missouri early I remember texting back and forth with you about it with the Kansas State game and saying this is the game in the dwarf mm -hmm. group we talked about it saying this is the game the Missouri game then I watched them a little bit more and I watched them against Georgia I really was just more in that game like what the hell is Georgia doing Missouri yeah. played very inspired but my god Georgia played like shit 
Yeah. And Auburn's not that good. Florida's not that good. So actually, to start out, if we would have recorded this, let's say, two nights ago, and we were recording the preview, I definitely would have predicted Missouri win. I would have predicted this. Looking into it and looking at the teams they've played, because my initial analysis was all based on the stats, which has Vanderbilt bottom five in every defensive category, that everything would tell you that even though Vanderbilt's, you know, been a little bit better in the run game, um, in the run defense, that Missouri's going to be able to run the ball all over Vanderbilt. Missouri has a very strong run game, and Vanderbilt run uh, rushes at yards per rush mm-hmm. is still awful, like bottom 10 in the country. All that being said, I'm still going to predict a Vanderbilt win, and I can't tell oh. you why. Looking at the schedule, and I can't tell you why that have been played. I can't tell you exactly why. There is just the ta- it's one Something of those unspeakable it. things of the talent level of why I know no matter what happens against Alabama and Georgia, it doesn't matter what the money line is. Vanderbilt's not going to beat Alabama or Georgia. It's safe money. Just put it on the money line. I don't know by how much, but they could play a thousand times, and I know. That the, the data will tell you that's wrong, but I know it in my heart of hearts. It's the same way that I know that this Missouri team cut with that Auburn loss in the back of their minds and Vanderbilt, I know in all the players and coaches' minds, even though Clark Lee's tried to maintain a calm facade like it's just another game, they've had this circled because they know that they were just as good last yep. year. As, yep. Missouri, as Missouri, or at least on par with Missouri. Mm-hmm. And they kind of blew it. And they are way better this year. So I think the defense steps up, and I think you're going to see an amazing turn of events on how this defense tackles, mm-hmm. like what you were hitting on. Guys, well, not an amazing turn. Like, they're just – they're not going to be good. They're just not going to be bottom five in the country because they're not playing top five mm-hmm. in the country. So I'm going to go with Vanderbilt. I've kind of swayed – the Vanderbilt win is the main part, but I'm going to go Vanderbilt 24. You don't need a score. Um, it's just Vanderbilt. Missouri wins. 21. I think I'm going to put a pretty what hefty was it? money line. Uh, Vanderbilt 24, Missouri 20 or 21. I'm going to go with 21. Okay. Uh, but I how think much? How much? Miz- how much money are you putting on the money line? Uh, it's going to be kind of spread. So I'll go through. I'll probably put some on Vandy at like plus seven and a half. Uh, because the main thing is take the points. I, I don't right. think there's. All, there's almost any way that Vanderbilt loses this game by more than two touchdowns. I think your worst case is that Vanderbilt loses by 14. I would be shocked if they lost by 21-plus points. I mean, maybe yeah. a late field goal could lose that spread for you. But the main thing is I'm not super confident in the win. I'm pretty confident in Vanderbilt keeping this game close. Uh, like you said, I think you see Missouri's offense having a little more success. And I could also see Missouri just running the ball down Vanderbilt's throat, but mm-hmm. I just think this defense is a little bit different. The run defense has been put in some really bad spots, and if they take the game plan of making Brady Cook beat them, force one or two turnovers, this is Vanderbilt's game to win. So I haven't said that in a while. I'm going to be probably angrier on Saturday than I've been in quite a, <laughs> quite a while, so it will be good. I will be watching alone in my house. No one is invited. <laughs> No one is allowed to watch the game with me. Uh, so it, it's going to be quite a time on Twitter. Uh, make sure to follow oh, me on Twitter and follow me. I'll, I'll leave the door. I leave the door report tweeting to you because you're <laughs> able to take your emotions a little more out of the social media a little than me. Bit. But once again, prediction will go final. Vanderbilt 24, Missouri 20. There it is. My prediction. There First it is. First win prediction since my horrifically wrong win prediction against <laughs> Mississippi State last season. Man, man, I, I like it. I love it, Will. I love it. I was very close to going with that, not that score, also but a Vanderbilt win. So. <laughs> that always helps. Uh, but, Will, I got to ask you, what, what kind of whiskey are we drinking on Sunday after this? Because we're getting together. We're doing a live podcast together if Andy wins this game. I mean, I need to start. We need to start thinking uh, about the, that. What, what's I mean? Where, what what are we going? The brown with kind, uh, Billy. We'll <laughs> go with the brown kind of whiskey. I'll let you choose from there. Okay, I'll I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll choose from there, Will. But uh, man, I, I was close, Will. Like I said, I this Vanderbilt team this year, this is not the Vanderbilt team of last year. 
they're different. Also, and they lost. You by did nine. take my other prediction, Billy. You exactly took what my other prediction was. I, I had Vanderbilt with I had Vandy with the same amount of points in both predictions. Wow. I had Missouri running the ball better. So I, I like that you took the other side. I think uh, we're, we're, I think it would have been pretty boring bet. if I came out and said uh, my initial one, which is like Missouri 31, Vanderbilt 24, and you were like that. So at least we have a split here. We can actually get a difference in our win-loss record yeah. uh, versus, what, oh versus what actually happens on the field, Billy. We mm-hmm. haven't had differentiation recently because, I mean, when's know, the last pretty time, much decided. When's the last time we made opposite picks? Was it Was it Wake? No, it wasn't Wake. It was was it NIU? Have we been opposite this it, year? No. I, no? no, because no, wow. it was Mississippi State. It was when I predicted Mississippi State. Because oh, that, every that's other the last game, opposite I game. know both of us predicted a loss versus Wake Forest. I predicted a yeah. win versus NIU. I'm pretty sure you did too. Yeah, I did too. So, so we've definitely agreed. Is... I mean, every game has been like pretty obvious which side you can go on. This is the yeah. first time, which is why this preview is interesting. I think people will be pretty excited mm-hmm. uh, because there's actually storylines and matchups to follow that will affect the outcome of this actual game, not just down the road for each team. This is where the tables could turn this season for Will Byram. He's picking a fancy win, 24-21. Oh, man. Please, I, the gambling gods, dude. I'm on an awful stretch, man. I need it. I, I Will, Will needs it. He needs this one. I got need Mizzou. It. Need it. Will has Vandy. That does it. Vandy fans needed this. That, they had a week break from us, Will, but they needed TDR in their life, and I'm glad everybody started to listen again. Uh, Vanderbilt, Mizzou, coming up on Saturday, 3 o'clock kick on the SEC Network. Will's got Vandy. I got Mizzou. We'll see what happens on Saturday. You've been listening to episode 186 of the Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors.